We turn in God's holy word this morning to Psalm 5. Psalm 5. Psalm 5 is a psalm of David. He was facing enemies. Maybe Saul, maybe Absalom. He doesn't <coughs> say exactly who. He's facing enemies and he cries out to the Lord for help. Speaks about prayer and the importance of prayer in his life. So we consider this in connection with Lord's Day 45, which begins the section on prayer in the Heidelberg Catechism. Psalm 5, this is the word of God. Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my meditation. Hearken unto the voice of my cry, my King and my God. For unto thee will I pray. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee, and will look up. For thou art not a God that hath pleasure in wickedness, neither shall evil dwell with thee. The foolish shall not stand in thy sight. Thou hatest all workers of iniquity. Thou shalt destroy them that speak leasing. Lord will abhor the bloody and deceitful man. But as for me, I will come into thy house in the multitude of thy mercy, and in thy fear will I worship toward thy holy temple. Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. For there is no faithfulness in their mouth. Their inward part is very wickedness. Their throat is an open sepulcher, they flatter with their tongue. Destroy thou them, O God. Let them fall by their own counsels. Cast them out into the multitude of their transgressions, for they have rebelled against thee. But let all those that put their trust in thee rejoice. Let them ever shout for joy, because thou defendest them. Let them also that love thy name be joyful in thee, for thou, Lord, wilt bless the righteous. With favor wilt thou compass him as with a shield. So far do we read God's holy word. May he bless the reading of his word unto our hearts. On the basis of that passage, as well as others, we have the instruction of Heidelberg Catechism, Lord's Day 45. Lord's Day 45. Why is prayer necessary for Christians? Because it is the chief part of thankfulness which God requires of us, and also because God will give His grace and Holy Spirit to those only who with sincere desires continually ask them of Him and are thankful for them. What are the requisites of that prayer which is acceptable to God and which he will hear. First, that we from the heart pray to the one true God only, who hath manifested himself in his word, for all things he hath commanded us to ask of him. Secondly, that we rightly and thoroughly know our need and misery, 
that so we may deeply humble ourselves in the presence of his divine majesty. Thirdly, that we be fully persuaded that he, notwithstanding that we are unworthy of it, will, for the sake of Christ our Lord, certainly hear our prayer as he has promised us in his word. What hath God commanded us to ask of him? All things necessary for soul and body, which Christ our Lord has comprised in that prayer he himself has taught us. What are the words of that prayer? Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. We need encouragement to pray regularly. One who prays regularly doesn't just pray occasionally, every once in a while. But one who prays regularly prays every day, many times per day. He has set times for prayer, maybe in the morning like David did. So that he makes sure he does it. We need to be encouraged to do that. We need to be encouraged to pray regularly. And we need that encouragement because we're a busy people. You are. You have a, a job. You have a house to take care of. School activities. Sporting events. Church activities. Work for the church. So much to do every day. And that's a good thing oftentimes. It's a good thing. But the devil, the devil wants us to be involved in so many things today that we no longer have time for prayer. We don't even think about it during the day because we have so much going on. And by the time we get to the evening, we're too tired. And in the morning, too tired as well. We know how that can go. We need encouragement to pray regularly because we're busy, but also because we're wealthy. We have full freezers, full fridges, full cupboards, and having all this, we can so easily forget our need to ask God to provide. And regarding our spiritual needs, we each have a sinful nature, and we can easily forget to ask God to provide these spiritual things we need. We can lose sight of the importance of them. Not ask God to provide each day as we ought. That's familiar to us. That's something we, we all understand, we've all faced in our life. We need encouragement to pray regularly and Lord, say 45 and Psalm 5 provide that encouragement. Consider Lord's Day 45. 
Question 116 asks, why is prayer necessary for Christians? And in explaining the answer, the catechism gives great encouragement to pray. Pray first because it's the chief part of thankfulness to the God of our salvation. Second, pray because God is pleased to give His grace and spirit to those who continually ask them of Him. What encouragement that is to pray. And Psalm 5 also gives encouragement. According to this psalm, Psalm 5, David prayed regularly. We read in in verse 3 that he prayed to God in the morning. My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. O Lord, in the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. Now think of that, seeing that David, a hero of faith, prayed regularly to God. I certainly need to be praying regularly to God as well. May the Spirit encourage and strengthen us to pray through the word that we hear today about prayer. Let's consider the text under the theme, Praying to Jehovah. Praying to Jehovah, first the encouragement, second the essentials, and third the example and strength. Praying to Jehovah, we first look at the encouragement. To understand the encouragement to pray that's given in Lord's Day 45 and Psalm 5, we must understand what prayer is. And prayer is is simply this. Prayer is holy conversation between God and His people. Holy conversation between God and His people. When we pray, we speak to God. Kids, you understand that you're talking to God in prayer. We enter consciously into God's presence. Most of the time we close our eyes to do that so that we can think about the words that we are saying. Often when we pray, we follow the acronym ACTS. Adoring God. Confessing God our sins, thanking Him and making supplication, or that means asking God for help. So we speak to God when we pray, but really first, understand this, first God speaks to us. He speaks to us in His Word. He tells us who He is, what His names are, what He has done for us, what He is doing, what He will do. He tells us all that, and then we respond by adoring Him, confessing our sins, thanking Him, making supplication to Him in prayer. Prayer is is wonderful covenant communion with God. We get to speak to our Father who loves us. We, We love to speak to our earthly Father. Because our earthly father loves us. Well, we love to speak to our heavenly father who perfectly loves us. And we can enjoy that communion at any time. We never get a busy signal. We never hear him say, I I have this and that to do first. No, he's ready always to listen. 
David prayed regularly. He, he lived this covenant communion with God. That's what we get from Psalm 5, verse 3. I'll read that again. My, my voice shalt thou hear in the morning, O Lord. In the morning will I direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. David spoke regularly with the great God, communing with him. Friends speak, and David spoke with God. And, and David knew how wonderful it was. We, we get that from the fact that he calls God Jehovah throughout the psalm. The name in the psalm is Lord in all capital letters. And whenever you see that in the King James Version, it, it's referring to the name Jehovah in the original language. And that name Jehovah is the name that God gave the Israelites in the Old Testament to emphasize to them that he is a faithful God who doesn't change in his love and friendship towards them. He's the I am. David uses that name throughout the psalm, recognizing that he's speaking to God, his friend who doesn't change in love and friendship towards him. And wonderfully, we can do that too. We can do what David did every day. We can speak with God. We go to Him and call Him Jehovah and speak to Him as our friend who doesn't change in His love towards us, His faithfulness towards us. And we speak with God and we have this wonderful communion with Him. Only through Christ. You know John 14 verse 6. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Without Christ, we could not go to God in prayer and have that, that covenant fellowship with God. You see, God has the right to decide who comes into his presence. He's a great king. He's holy. And one who has sinned against God has no right to come before the holy God into his throne room and speak with him. Kind of like a man that's attempted to assassinate the president. Doesn't have a right to go into the Oval Office and won't be allowed into the Oval Office. Well, so it is with us. We do not have a right to go before God in prayer of ourselves since we're sinners. And we won't be allowed of ourselves. So that brings us to Christ. Christ stands before God as the one who has paid for all the sins of us believers and the one who has perfectly obeyed God. God sees us in that perfect one, Jesus Christ. And in Him then, we can go into the throne room and speak to the great mighty, perfectly holy God who rules all things. We can talk to Him and enjoy that communion with Him. Praise be to God for Christ. Without Him, no communion. With Him, we get to speak to our God. We're encouraged to pray in Lord's Day 45. We're encouraged to go to God regularly in prayer. And the encouragement given is this. First of all, prayer is the chief part of thankfulness. That fact that prayer is the chief part of thankfulness encourages us to pray. And we'll see why 
here now. Question and answer 116 says, why is prayer necessary for Christians? Answers right away, because it is the chief part of thankfulness which God requires of us. And Philippians 4 verse 6 is just one of several passages that emphasizes prayer as a wonderful way to give thanks to God. Philippians 4 verse 6 says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now we are to give thanks to God. We are to give thanks to Him for the many, many gifts that He's given us. Just think for a moment of all He's given to us His children. See that, think of where you'd be without his salvation. We would be guilty sinners before him, dead in sin, and going to hell. Think about that, that's, that's me. Not just people out there, that's, where I, that's what would be true for me. But God has sent his son. His son paid for the sins of us believers so that we are Righteous before God. Not guilty, but righteous. And based on that work, we are given spiritual life so that we know God and we want to serve Him and praise Him even this morning. So we're righteous, we're given spiritual life, and we get to have covenant communion with God now and perfectly in heaven forever. That's what we've been given by God's salvation from sin and hell. God demands that we give thanks to him for that salvation. And we desire to do that by his work in our hearts. We, we see what he's done for us. We want to give him thanks. So God requires that we give him thanks. We, we want to give this thanks to him. And prayer is the chief part of thankfulness. In prayer, we, we can speak thanks to God. We say, thanks for Christ. We say, Thanks, O oh God, for working in me to know Thee and to, to want to worship. And thanks, O oh God, for all the physical gifts that Thou hast given to us. We say thanks, and we, we even speak our thanks by acknowledging that He's God and, and talking about how great He is. That's part of the way we give thanks in prayer. Like David does in verse, verse 2, we say, My King, my God. And like David does in verses 11 and 12, we call Him our defender. With those words, we're thanking God. And prayer, when we speak thanks to God, that is called the chief part of thankfulness. That is the highest way to express our thanks to the Lord. Why is that? Why is prayer the chief part of thankfulness? Well, to understand that, Remember that God is a God of fellowship within himself, within his own Trinitarian being. The Father, Son, and Holy Spirit speak and have fellowship with one another. Well, God then, the God of fellowship, he delights in us coming and speaking our thanks to him. And that's why prayer is the chief part of thankfulness. And hearing that, we believers were encouraged then to pray. We believers see what God has given to us. 
the abundance of it. And we want to give thanks. So we're encouraged to pray. Chief part of thankfulness. We're encouraged to thank God for Jesus Christ this morning in prayer. Thank him for his salvation. Thank him for the many physical gifts he's given. For strength even this morning to be here. We're encouraged to pray knowing prayer is the chief part of thankfulness. And second... Second, the catechism encourages us to pray this way. It says that God gives his grace and spirit to those only who with sincere desires continually ask them of him and are thankful for them. Luke 11 verse 13 fits right with that idea that God gives his grace and spirit to those who ask them of him. Luke 11 verse 13 says, If ye then being evil know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask Him? We need God's grace and Holy Spirit. We need that because, well, by nature we're unbelieving. Left to ourselves, we would just go on and on in unrepentant sin. David recognized that. David knew he would go on the wrong path if left to himself, and that's why he prays what he does in verse 8. He says, Lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before my face. And we know this morning, we know too that we would stray from God's path if left to ourselves. We go on and on in sin, so we need God's grace and Holy Spirit. So that we might believe. So that we might serve the Lord. We need it. God's grace is his attitude of undeserved favor towards his people. And in his grace, he gives his people his Holy Spirit. Now we, Believers do not need the Holy Spirit to come enter us for the first time. We don't, we don't ask for that. The Holy Spirit comes and lives in, within us. God sovereignly sends the Spirit to us. And we have that Spirit. We've been regenerated. So we don't ask for the Spirit to come live in us for the first time. But what we do need is for God to continue to send to us His Holy Spirit and continue to work in us by the Spirit to believe and to seek Him and to glorify Him. We need the Spirit's continued work in us. I do, you do. And as answer 116 says, God gives His grace and Spirit to those only who with sincere desires continually ask them of him. And that encourages us to pray regularly. Now that God gives his grace and spirit to those who continually ask them of him, that doesn't mean that we earn the spirit and we earn God's grace by asking for these gifts in prayer doesn't mean that we earn these things from God in prayer because we can't earn anything from God. He's, he's almighty creator and ruler. 
and we're just mere creatures. Even if we would perfectly obey God, which is impossible, we each have a sinful nature, but even if we would perfectly obey God, we would earn nothing from Him. We would only be doing what's required. God provides spiritual gifts not because we earn them by asking for them, but God provides spiritual gifts based on what Christ has done. Christ paid for our sins at the cross. We are righteous before God in Christ. And since we're righteous before God, we have the right to be given the Holy Spirit and all the gifts of salvation. God gives spiritual gifts to us as children based only on what Christ has done. May that be clear. We still have to see positively what it means that God gives his grace and spirit only to those who ask them of him. What does that mean positively? Well, what it means is that God is pleased to provide spiritual gifts to us as we pray for them. Or you could say, in the way of prayer. God has determined to give us spiritual gifts, determined to give to us the Holy Spirit. In eternity, He decided to do that. And now in time and history, God is pleased to provide these great gifts as we ask them, as we ask Him for them. That's the God-ordained way in which he's pleased to work. He's praised when we live in conscious dependence on him, and that's why he's chosen to work that way. He's pleased when we consciously depend on him. And true to Scripture is, is the fact that God gives his, his grace and spirit to those who continually ask them of him. That's what happened in David's life, according to Psalm 5 and, and the rest of Scripture. In Psalm 5, verse 3, we read, David was regularly praying, O Lord, in the morning, to thee will I lift up my voice, my heart. And then in verse 8, we read that David regularly prayed that God would lead him in the way of righteousness. It says, lead me, O Lord, in thy righteousness because of mine enemies. Make thy way straight before me. He faced enemies like Saul and Absalom. And it was hard, always a hard time for David when that would happen because those enemies would be seeming to prosper and his life would be in turmoil. And he could easily start to think, what is going on? Is, is God not on my side after all? And he could easily be tempted, and he was tempted, to start to live like his enemies. They don't serve God, yet they have all these things, and they're seemingly prospering while I'm going through all this trouble. Maybe I should just abandon God and live like they do. Live in, in cruelty and deception, and maybe then I'll come out on top, and things will go better for me. David faced temptation, and, and surrounded by those enemies, and in that temptation he, he prays. Praise that God would lead him in the way of righteousness. And as he prayed, in the way of prayer, God provided mightily. So that David did go in the way of righteousness. And he lived as a man after God's own heart, we read in Scripture. 
God does the same thing for us. Same thing. We face enemies too. Great enemies. Some of you here this morning no doubt face afflictions. Physical afflictions maybe. Maybe afflictions in the mind. Difficulties. Maybe something like even depression where the Lord starts to, or where Satan does tempt us to think that God isn't on our side. Think maybe I should just abandon him and go in a different way. There are so many other temptations. Temptations to young people today too where Satan tempts us to think that really life is all about doing this event and that event and, and fun and pleasure and, and having earthly success and, and leaving off spiritual things in church. And so many other temptations. You think of the ones that you face. Temptations that Satan sends where we're tempted to do things that our sinful nature especially likes and is attracted to. He wants us to walk in those ways. Well, God gives his grace and spirit to those who continually ask them of him. So be encouraged to pray regularly, knowing what you face, knowing what the devil's trying to do. Pray regularly. And pray regularly for others too in the church. God is pleased to provide his grace and spirit as we to others as we pray for them. That they would be led in the way of righteousness. In the second place this morning, we will consider four essentials for prayer. Four essentials for a prayer that God will hear. Prayer that's acceptable to Him. First, God requires this. That we pray from the heart. Question and answer 117 says, What are the requisites of that prayer which is acceptable to God and which He will hear? First, that we from the heart pray to the one true God only, who hath manifested Himself in His word for all things He has commanded us to ask of Him. Now that sentence, that that sentence has a lot in it, but one requirement that we get from it is that we are to pray from the heart. And that means that we pray to God truly and sincerely. It can happen. We know this from experience. It can happen that we finish praying and we really don't even know what we prayed about. We know we're supposed to pray, so we pray. But we use a bunch of phrases that we've often used throughout our life, and we get done, and we really have no idea what we said. Well, that is not a prayer that God will hear. Pray from the heart, as David did. Psalm 5, verse 1, David says, Give ear to my words, O Lord, consider my meditation." That word meditation in the Hebrew language has the idea of a deep sighing, really a whispering within, expressing deep emotion, an intense emotion, an intense desire to God to provide what you need. David was praying from the heart here, according to this psalm. 
He even talks about crying to the Lord in verse 2. Hearken unto the voice of my cry. He's not just half-heartedly speaking these words to God. He's crying out to Him to provide what He needs. It's a prayer from the heart. So may we recognize to our need for God every day, our need for forgiveness, our need for, for strength to fight against those temptations we talked about, our need for Him to provide physical things. And, and cry out to him to help. Praying from the heart. Second, regarding these essentials for prayer. Second, God requires that we pray for what he has commanded us to pray for in his word. We are to pray for what he has commanded us to ask for in his word. Question and answer 117 says, what are the requisites of that prayer which is acceptable to God and which he will hear? First, from the heart. We from the heart pray to the one true God only who hath manifested himself in his word. For all things he hath commanded us to ask of him. And that's based on 1 John 5 verse 14. 1 John 5 verse 14 says the following. And this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He heareth us. Now God's will, we're to ask for things according to His will, it says, God's will is what He has revealed in His Word. His word shows us what he's pleased to do. So when it says, ask anything according to his will, we're to ask what he's told us to ask for in his word. And the next question is, well, what is that? What are the things that God has commanded us to ask for in the word? And the answer is, all things necessary for soul and body. Question and answer 118 says, What hath God commanded us to ask of him? All things necessary for soul and body, which Christ our Lord has comprised in that prayer he himself has taught us. And that's talking about the Lord's Prayer there. So consider the Lord's Prayer. It shows that we are to ask for the things necessary for soul and body. Think about the fourth petition, the prayer Christ gave us. He says, Give us this day our daily bread. And that's a petition for what we need for our bodies for the day. And then Christ tells us to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. A prayer for forgiveness, something we need for our souls. And then we are to pray, lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. That's a prayer for something you need in your soul. Deliverance from evil. So ask for those things. Ask for those things that God has commanded us to ask for in his word. The things necessary for soul and body. That's what David's doing in Psalm 5. He says in verse 8, lead me in the way of righteousness. That's what I need for my soul. And then he says in verse 10 to ask for protection from his physical enemies. That's what he needs for his body. Protection. Help. Do the same. Do the same. 
follow the model of the Lord's Prayer, asking for what's necessary for body and soul. That's the kind of prayer that, according to the Catechism, is acceptable to God in which He will hear. A prayer not for, for an, a, new, a new PlayStation kids or a, a new bike, but a, a prayer for what we need for our body and soul to survive. Third, regarding the essentials for prayer. We must pray in humble dependence upon God. So first, from the heart. Second, we are to pray for what he's commanded in his word. And third, we are to pray in humble dependence on God. Question and answer 117 says, Secondly, that we rightly and thoroughly know our need and misery, that so we may deeply humble ourselves in the presence of His divine majesty. Now negatively, we must not come before God proudly in prayer. And that can happen. One might come before God proudly in prayer by speaking to God as if He's speaking to His equal. And one to do that in his address of God. So I've heard prayers where somebody begins the prayer in what seemed to be at the time an irreverent way and, and said something like, hey God, and we're talking to God like they're talking to their neighbor across the street. You must be careful with that. When done, that could be pride, acting as if you're God's equal. One might also come before God proudly, really even acting as if he's, he's more important than God by their slouching or sleeping during prayer or having their mind wander to all kinds of different things. By doing any of those activities, one, one is saying, God, God is nothing. I don't have time for for prayer to him. I'm just going to sleep. All, all one is thinking about is, is himself. It's, it's, it's really gross pride when we do that. And we fall into that sometimes. And one too comes before God proudly if he acts like he doesn't have any faults. So he comes before God and ignores his sins. Says nothing about them. Acts like he's not a, a sinner must not come proudly before God, but instead come humbly. Seeing ourselves as small compared to the great God. Now to come humbly, to come in that right way, we need to know and we need to see our need and misery. Something that question and answer 17 talks about, our need and misery. David knew his need for God and his misery when he comes before him in Psalm 5. David knew that he needed deliverance from these physical enemies he had. He, he, he couldn't bring it to himself. David knew that he needed spiritual deliverance from the temptations he's facing. Look at verse 8. David knew that he knew his own sin, his miserable sin, and his need for the Savior Jesus Christ. He knew his need and misery. And, and we when we come before God in prayer, we must come knowing that too. 
knowing our, our need for him to provide physically, that I cannot cause the rain to fall, the sun to shine, so that we have, have crops that grow and, and animals that are healthy that we can get food from. I need to come knowing I need him physically and knowing I need him spiritually. Knowing that I cannot make myself righteous before God, somehow make up for my sins, and I cannot deliver myself from the devil's temptations. I need to come knowing my need. I have no strength of myself. And knowing your need and misery, then come before God humbly. David does that here in the psalm. He, he, he's a great king, we know that. A great king that conquered so many nations. And yet you, you see how in verse, in this psalm, in verse 2, he addresses God as my king and my God sees himself as small compared to God and shows that in his words. Pray with that same attitude, that same attitude of humble dependence. Pray humbly that God would provide for you physically, acknowledging, I can't provide for myself. Pray that God would provide for you spiritually, acknowledging, I can't make myself righteous before thee. I can't deliver myself from these temptations. Lord, provide. Show humility in prayer in every way. With the words you speak, how you speak them, your posture when you speak them. Show a humility to the great God. Show that you humbly depend upon him. In the fourth place, regarding these essentials, God requires that we believe he will hear our prayer. God requires that we believe he will hear our prayer. Question and answer 117. Again, ask what are the requisites of that prayer which is acceptable to God and he will hear. And then it says, thirdly, thirdly that we be fully persuaded that he, notwithstanding that we are unworthy of it, will for the sake of Christ our Lord certainly hear our prayer as he has promised us in his word. That God hears our prayers means not only that he hears it with his ears, but the idea is that he answers it and provides what we need. We are to come believing that he will hear our prayer, answering it and providing what we need. Pray for your physical and spiritual needs and do that not doubting, not doubting that he will provide what you need. Again, that can easily happen. It can happen to all of us. Sometimes we're in such a difficult position spiritually or physically that we pray half-heartedly, not really expecting that God will provide our needs. For instance, we may be facing such a, a difficult, addicting sin in our life. We see its power and we go to God and pray about it, but we pray half-heartedly, not really expecting that he really can and will give me strength to turn from this. Or we're facing such difficulties financially, such hardship, that we pray for help, but not really expecting that God will provide. We have to turn from that way of thinking. 
Instead, go to the Almighty God, asking for your needs with a believing heart, as David did. David says in verse 3 of Psalm 5, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. Go to God believing that He will hear. He will provide exactly what you need. Believe that. Be fully persuaded of that as the catechism says. You might wonder, well, how can we be so sure? How can I be so sure that God will provide what I need physically and spiritually? How can I be fully persuaded of that? Well, it's because God promises it in His Word. He promises it in His Word. In Luke 11, verses 9 and 10, Jehovah promises to hear our prayer for our needs and to give us these needs. Luke 11, verses 9 and 10, Jesus says, I say unto you, ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and the doors shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh, receiveth, and he that seeketh, findeth, and to him that knocketh, it shall be opened. Jehovah will provide our needs. And he promises to hear our prayer Not because we're so great. Not because of this or that thing that we've done. But based on Jesus' work. Apart from Christ, we would never be heard heard by the Holy God because we're sinners. We would be destroyed in body and soul. But we know what Christ has done. He's gone to the cross, paid for all our sins. God sees us as righteous in Jesus Christ. And based on that work, God hears our prayers, and provides what we need. Again, see Christ. Be so thankful for Him. Christ, this is in the last place now, Christ provides an example for us and strength for us regarding prayer. Christ provides the example The example for prayer. Psalm 5 shows that David prayed regularly. And David prayed regularly as a type of Christ. A picture of Christ. David was a type or picture of Christ according to scripture. In Jeremiah 30 verse 9, the promised Messiah is even called David in that verse. David in his sufferings was a picture of Jesus Christ in his sufferings. So that David even says, according to Psalm 22, David said, in the midst of great trial, he said, My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? He felt forsaken of God. And we know Christ spoke those same words on the cross. David was a type of Christ. And this David, he regularly prayed. And that picture is Christ who regularly prayed in his life. He was God. Christ was very God, but also very man. And being very man, he prayed regularly that God would strengthen him in his human nature. So we read of him in the gospel accounts going into a mountain to pray. And we read of him in the Garden of Gethsemane, that Thursday night of the Passion Week, crying out to God in prayer, praying, O Lord, thy will be done. And in that way, asking for strength to submit to that will. Like David had enemies that were trying to bring him to do wrong, Jesus had enemies like the devil 
who was trying to bring him away from that path of suffering to the cross and instead go on a path towards becoming an earthly king. The devil tempted him throughout his ministry, earthly ministry to do that. Leave that path of suffering. So Christ prayed and prayed regularly. He's our example in that. Think of that. Christ regularly prayed to God to supply his needs. Well, I certainly must be regularly praying to God to supply my needs. We must certainly be regularly praying to fight against the temptations of Satan and and for God's grace and Holy Spirit. Jesus is our example, but he's so much more than that. He is also our strength. Our strength, my strength, your strength. He is the one who prayed to God for strength to go the way to the the cross, submit to God's will, and that's exactly what he did. He went to the cross and paid for all of our sins there. Apart from his work at the cross, he wouldn't work in us. He wouldn't have a right to do so. We'd be guilty sinners and have to be left dead in sin. But he went to that cross, paid for sin, and he now works in us. He works in us to pray, to pray regularly, to pray every day. And he uses the word to do that. He uses the word we hear right now, the word we hear this morning. He reminds us in the word this morning that prayer is the chief part of thankfulness. He reminds us through Psalm 5 that we need God like David did. He reminds us that God gives his grace and spirit to those who continually ask them of him. And through his word now, he strengthens us, empowers us to go forward being people of prayer. To go forward setting Time apart every day to speak with our God and ask Him to supply our needs. To praise Him and thank Him. May He bless the word unto our hearts this morning. Amen. Let's pray. Our Father which art in heaven, Lord, we are thankful to Thee for the word. We pray that Thou wilt use that word mightily. It is the power of Thee unto salvation. We pray that Thou wilt empower us be people of prayer, especially as those who face many temptations not to be, busyness, and so many other things. Lord, empower us to pray. Forgive our sins, forgive our failures. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.